Hello, and welcome to the Wild Blue Podcast, perspectives on aviation lives, lifestyles, and business. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Todd Mitten with uh, Wild Blue Aircraft Sales, and I am with Chris Kirk. Welcome. Good to have you. Chris, uh, we've been spending these podcasts recently talking about some flying experiences and points of interest, but we are in the aircraft sales business, and you've been selling airplanes for how many years? About uh, 15 now. Wow, 15, that's a lot yeah, of... Maybe uh, a little longer. That's a lot of sales, well into the hundreds of sales I know that you've facilitated, and and it brings up a question that I have, and I wonder if some of our listeners uh, might have a question along the same lines, and that is, what gets in the way of a sale? What is the number one thing that you think gets in the way of a sale uh, being having a successful outcome? Whether whether the guys whether you're trying to sell your airplane on your own or using a broker or however you're trying to sell it. I mean I think this would probably apply. What what do you think yeah. about that? Well that's a good point because I think you're exactly right. It doesn't matter if it's being facilitated by someone or you're trying to do it on your own. <clears throat> but uh Aviation and, and airplanes are uh, extremely emotional things mm. uh, in the general aviation world. And so, to me, it's a no-brainer that the number one thing that gets in the way of a successful sale is emotion. Emotion? Well, what do you, what do you mean? Well, you know, it's, it's funny because um, I've got friends that are in the, you know, in the jet sales world, uh, the corporate sales world, and I've had them mention to me, I even just kind of ask me, go, I, I don't know how you do it. Uh, and the first time I heard that, I'm like, what? They go, man, there's just so much emotion. They go, it's more of a business transaction at our level. And the guys down at, you know, that are flying these airplanes that are the owner operators, uh, somewhat of the pleasure crowd, you know, they, they just get so wrapped up in, in these airplanes. It becomes part of their, uh, you know, part of their personality almost. Oh, sure. Sure. We argue about uh, Cessna versus Piper or, or uh, experimental versus uh, manufactured, mm -hmm. uh, certified. Uh, you know, so yeah, I, I would think so that there's emotion involved in that. And, there, and you know, I mean, uh, let's face it, I've never met a, a, a pilot, particularly a private pilot, who's not an expert. So <laughs> we all tend to wear that, uh, you know, wear that on our, um, on our sleeves. <laughs> We we like to keep that facade going. That we're experts. Uh, no, that's a that's interesting. So, what would be an example, or let's talk about some examples of of emotion. Uh, let's talk about it first from uh, a seller's point of view. What what sort of seller emotion might we expect to run into? You know, I think the biggest thing that you can do, and, and I'd, I'd be interested to hear your perspective on this too, because. Uh, this is certainly not the gospel truth, but to, to me, the biggest thing you can do as a seller is to step back from the airplane and and stop assuming. Assuming gets gets you into so many different problems and troubles anywhere in life, for that matter. So stop assuming uh, or making assumptions about buyers. Stop assuming, for example, that a buyer is going to appreciate everything that you've done to the airplane. Uh, stop assuming that they're going to want to change it. Or they're not going to want to change it. Stop assuming that out-of-the-country buyers are all crooks and drug dealers. Ah, interesting. Uh, you know, stop stop all those assumptions and and just realize that at the end of the day, 
if, if you want to get the most money in your pocket in the shortest period of time, and I have yet to have a, a seller tell us otherwise, that it is a it is a inanimate and an inanimate object, and it's it's a sale of that object. And so uh, the more you try to hold on to it like it's your baby and control it, the more often I see things uh, not work out as well as they probably could. Well, in the in the time that I have uh, been working at Wild Blue with you, I have run into that type of a scenario myself on, on a number of occasions. We all feel that our aircraft is worth every penny because it means so much to ourselves. But we, you, what your point was, was to step back and look at it at, as it is as an inanimate object. Now that doesn't mean that you can't offer some, uh, some emotion in your discussion about the airplane, right? I mean, for example, we do uh, owner videos. And I think part of the purpose of those owner videos, and, and, and you can elaborate on this, but part of the purpose is to show that the previous owner or the current owner who wants to sell the aircraft has, a, has positive feelings about that aircraft. Yeah, yeah, they do. And, and that's important that they do. You know, I was just sitting here thinking, Todd, uh, and maybe you've, you've run into this before, but my wife's in real estate. Yes. So uh, you'll get people, and, I, and we've had this happen before, where we sell a house. And I've, you know, I've had people, I think even my mom was the last one to say this to me. She's like, oh my gosh, you guys fix that up so much. Isn't it going to bother you that somebody else is going to do whatever? I'm like, No. I could care less. It's their house now. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I could care less if they go in there and they paint it purple, you know, and they bleach the yard white. I don't <laughs> care <laughs> because it's their house now. And so, um, you know, you just, if you step back from that, I, I when I sold that house, I wanted to get the most out of it. We wanted to get it off the market in the shortest period of time. We wanted to get the most out of it. We get that it's your baby. Um, but you just, if you can just step away from that just a little bit and what's funny, you know, and we're, we're all this way. So I'm pointing the finger at myself as much as anything else. We, you know, we as buyers and sellers are interesting creatures. I think that's one of the things that I enjoy most about this business is the psychological sure. aspect of sure. working with people and, you know, listening to their perspectives and learning about them and seeing what drives them and motivates them. But we, you know, you also learn over time that there are these key phrases, right? That people say that, you know, you can start to hear it. It's okay. I know he's going to say this. He's going to say, uh, I don't want to give it away, uh -huh. uh, you know, and, but then almost always it's followed by, you know, but I'm, I'm a pretty realistic guy, you know? And so we have these things that we say as sellers, just like we do as buyers. Sure. What's the buyer going to say? Ah, uh, you know, I'm not going to overpay for that thing. Yep. So, uh, the as uh, sellers, you mentioned sellers want to sell their airplanes. None have said, I just want it gone today or something. Typically, they want the most they can get for the aircraft. But what is, if any, what is the drawback to hanging on to the aircraft indefinitely? Why, I mean... Then let the sales cycle just wait for that price that you believe it's worth. What is there? Is there a 
cost involved? Oh yeah. Well, there's a there's a big cost involved, and of course, any air, anybody that's owned an airplane for any length of time understands this. You've got fixed costs that are eating away at the value of your airplane. I mean, you know, my personal airplane here in Kansas City cost me four thousand dollars a year. Let me think about that. Probably a little more just for the hangar, right? <clears throat> so. Does it does it make sense for me to try to eke out an extra four grand and hold that airplane an extra five or six months uh, just on hangar alone? Not to mention insurance, tax, perhaps uh, uh, other costs. An, an annual inspection that was seven or eight months off is now suddenly looming right right in front of you. That's you know I hadn't thought about that, Tom. That's a good point because the emotion doesn't necessarily deal with both the buyer and the seller, you know, as they're trying to go back and forth, but it deals just as much as trying to, trying to get to the point where you're ready to release the airplane. Yes. And, and, uh, and that's a, that's a really good point because a lot of people will kind of mess around for a while, toy around with the idea. And how many, I mean, let me ask you this, how many different sellers have you had that you've worked with that, uh, have told you, Probably should have sold this a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that, and or they're happy when it's sold, of course, and and uh, we do. Uh, I think that as as you know, you you do follow up with all of our clients, and and we get feedback from all of our clients, and and we do get positive reviews. But I do think that there are those that have thought they should have taken an earlier offer once the opportunity came. We don't force anybody to take any offer. That's no, not our that's, prerogative. That's I mean, right. that's a, we're just, we're here to facilitate the sale, right. but, uh, but we're going to offer honest advice. Uh, and often that's, no, this is not a good offer. But on the other hand, sometimes uh, the world situation, you know, as we saw with the uh, uh, recent uh, coronavirus uh, events, uh, you know, can change very quickly. So, Right. When you're holding on to an aircraft uh, uh, and waiting for that perfect offer, that you may want to recognize what else could come up. Yeah. Uh, and that's, you know, and on the flip side of it is you look at buyers, and buyers can get just as emotionally attached or emotionally yeah. involved as well. And they um, sometimes they're emotionally in, involved with their own paradigm. They, they've got a way of thinking that they've been trained to think in terms of aviation, that may or may not be right because depending on who they're getting their advice from or who they've learned from, you know, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of folklore in aviation, right? There I mean, is. A lot of people sit around and everybody shoots off their opinion, and you know, sometimes they're right, sometimes they're wrong, and so they've heard this a lot of times. If it's a newer person from their CFI, okay, yeah, I, I appreciate their CFI, but their CFI probably is not in the business of buying and selling, and so they. They'll, they'll bring these thoughts and these ideas in, and man, they get they get attached to them. And if you challenge them on that at all, uh, it's well, just you know we got to tread that water carefully. Well, it's okay because now today, Chris, you can get onto Facebook and get the real answer. <laughs> That's uh, right. Uh, That's know, right. And so, and if obviously, not. I'm being facetious, and and I I want to bring that up is because I see it, and I'm I don't know if you do, but I follow some some uh, different. Aviation aircraft, both sales sites as well as uh, type sites. You know whether it's Bonanza or Piper sites. Right, and, local aviation and, and groups. Local aviation and... groups are a great example. And so, 
Rightly, I suppose, people put questions on there. Hey, what do you think my airplane is worth? Well, I just don't know if that's a very good idea to ask the general public that question, but it is an option. What do you think? Yeah, I think you're right, because unless you have the ability to write the check and are going to right now, frankly, I don't think your opinion matters. Because it, it it's not that you, you know, uh, we don't care about your opinion, uh, but it's that you don't have the, if you don't have the wherewithal or the motivation to buy right now, uh, that particular asset, you really don't know what you're talking about. Well, I, I think even more accurately than that, you, if, if you are not the person spending the money, then it just, you can say whatever. It's easy to spend someone else's money is what go. I'm trying to say. Yep. And, and so while it, you may have an accurate opinion in that case, or the person may have an accurate opinion, and it's certainly worth listening to, keep in mind, they're not the ones writing the check. So, yeah. uh, well, uh, you, and you sort of started on the subject of buyers. And so let's, if you don't mind, let's move on and talk about buyer emotion a little bit. What, what is the, what are some examples of negative, positive emotions that you've seen from buyers? Well, you know how we mentioned that, that sellers kind of need to get out of their own way and let buyers see the airplane from their eyes. Um, a buyer needs to also understand that that seller did not um, equip that airplane or upgrade that airplane specifically for them. They didn't, they didn't do it for the buyer. You know, so a buyer that says, oh, gosh, well, I wish it had this or I wish it had that. Okay. Um, but it doesn't. And so if you can, you, you need to kind of step back and, and realize from an emotional perspective, I'm going to step into this airplane and I know that there's things I'm going to have to do. Whether it's an upgrade of avionics, maybe I have to do paint, maybe there's going to be some maintenance. Maybe it's just, you know, I don't like the color of the pillows that are sure. in the back. Well, I think that, you know, we at Wild Blue spend so much of our time dealing with aircraft that were, well, probably some time, sometime manufactured sometime in the 1970s, mid to late 70s, up through maybe 2015. That's just, that's, that's where we generally are operating. That's where, where we buy or where we sell airplanes. And a lot of these aircraft have been upgraded in recent years, uh, and some have not. Is as a buyer, is it better to buy an aircraft that is has been upgraded, or is it better to upgrade it on your own? Yeah, and, and definitely a good subject we could talk about. The um, uh, I think the general consensus, and certainly is mine, if I can buy it the way I want it, then it's it's cheaper to do that than it is to you know, buy it the other way. And, and if we get on this kind of along those same lines, get on the topic of the emotion from the buyer, one of the things that we see that buyers will do, um, and that I always coach if we have a, a, a customer who has hired us to help them with the acquisition, I always try to coach them through this. Don't get so emotionally attached to an airplane that you can't walk away from it. You know, same advice applies to buying a car or buying a house. There are other airplanes out there. Flip side of it is for a seller, there's other buyers out there as well. Yes. But, um, well, but, but the point I, I, I think that you made me think of there is that automobiles, unless we're talking a, a unique, you know, a 69 Camaro, you got to have a 69 Camaro or something. The reality is 
If you want a 2007 to 2010 uh, Toyota Camry, uh, there's literally thousands out there for sale. And they're all pretty similar. You can get in now to specifics on mileage and, and condition. But, but the reality is they're, it's a Toyota Camry. It's, uh, there's a lot of them, and they're very similar. Airplanes are not like that. No, you're there's right. There's a limited number of A36 Bonanzas or a limited number of... of Piper Saratogas in a given year range or whatever. Some years there's more than others, but the reality is on a given day when you look at controller or trade a plane, there may be only 10 of that whole model for sale and only two or three within the year range that you want. So as a buyer, you have to be a little bit flexible, I think, in, in what you're willing to accept, be it condition, color, airframe time whatever it may be yep absolutely yeah because there's like you said there's so many different options that can change as an airplane comes out of the factory to when it's being sold lots of things can can have you know, have been done to the airplane and maybe even damage history and so yeah. you know there there might be uh nothing out there that is exactly the way you want it in fact uh, you know, the best way to procrastinate is to look for perfection. And if you're looking for that specifically perfect, uh, that right airplane, you might as well just quit looking right now because you're, you're going to, I hate to use the word settle, but you're going to have to settle on something, right? I mean, you're going to compromise on something. Okay. So you and I are a buyer and a seller and, uh, and we've reached an agreement now on the price. And what's the next step? What's one, <laughs> maybe we can go in down this rabbit trail a little bit and discuss yeah. the pre-buy inspection and and emotions that could be involved in Boy, that. Well, that's where emotions start to flare, isn't it? <laughs> I think I think so. You you know I knew that. So uh, tell me some stories about that. Well, you know, I mean, you tell me how how many sellers have we talked to over the years that say, you know, they're not going to find anything. They're not going to find anything on that inspection. Well, I believe all of them. <laughs> you know, and we all like to think that our yeah. mechanics are perfect, that our airplanes are perfect. But, hey, this is a you know, a complex piece of machinery, yeah. right? And what was perfect two or three hours of flying go is not perfect now. Yeah. I mean, I've had, I've had uh, you know, one-year-old airplanes go through yes. pre-buys, and they've found numerous squawks. You know, we're talking airplanes with less than 100 hours on them. Mm. So um, you, you have to be prepared as a seller to know that, you know, there's going to be stuff. And, and we, I think we, for the most part, do a, a good job, again, of coaching our our, um, our customers that, you know, let's get rid of that notion that there's not going to be anything wrong with this airplane. That's what this guy's being paid for, right? That's what the shop is being paid for. They're right. going to find something. Yeah, exactly. I think a a buyer who has, has contracted or hired a, a mechanic to do a pre-buy inspection and then who has the mechanics say, no, there's absolutely nothing wrong with say, did you look at this airplane? I don't think any of us as buyers would believe that. So we need to emotionally, right. mentally accept that. And, and here's, you know, I'll give you a quick story. So my first airplane that I bought was a Cherokee 140 back in 1994. I was 26 or 27 years old. And so... Um, you know, so all these lessons learned that have built this business into what it is today, because we all, as we've talked about in previous podcasts, we, we come together and we have these after action reviews and we learn from things and we apply it to the next customer so that uh, the experience just continues to get better. And 
the uh, anyway, so I, I bought this airplane. You know, I've been looking for one. This is back in the day when if you wanted pictures of it, you, you kind of had to call the guy up. Even if it was on the internet, there were no pictures, and you had to wait two or three days oh, yeah. for pictures to show up in the mail. <laughs> you know, so uh, you couldn't you couldn't uh, think yourself to death, really. I mean, you know, like you can today. You can look at hundreds of options and never make a decision. But so I bought this airplane. It was semi-local, and, and and the good news is it turned out to be a good airplane. But who did the pre-buy? His mechanic. Oh. You know, because I was stupid. <laughs> Guess what? No squawks. Man, this is a great airplane. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> and so, you know, it didn't take me very long. I think I was probably level on, on the flight on the way home thinking, you know, I'm not sure that was the most objective uh, experience I've ever had. Yeah. Well, to be honest, we advise buyers. Uh, we're not, we don't let the seller's aircraft go 500 miles or a thousand miles somewhere for a pre-buy, but we do want it to be a, a fair pre-buy at Wild Blue. Our perspective is a fair pre-buy. So an independent third party. independent third party. That is the best scenario uh, when it comes to pre-buy inspections. So as uh, as a seller, when your aircraft goes in, Chris mentioned uh, when your aircraft goes in for a pre-buy, you have to expect that there will be a few, maybe more than a few issues to be resolved. But conversely, as a buyer, you have to be aware that your the airplane is a used airplane. It's not right. going to be perfect. You and, hit it right on the head. And, and you just have to, you have to accept that as part of the deal if you want to be an aircraft owner. If right. you don't if, if you don't want to accept that, then you know move on. I, I guess at the And end we of ran that, into that recently with uh with a, an extremely nice airplane. Um and I don't believe this buyer said this, but I've heard it from so many that I've you know, is this airplane perfect? Nope. Never seen one. Never I've never seen anything perfect. No. And so if you go into thinking I you know it's gonna be perfect so we try to coach the buyer as well that, hey, there's going to be items that come up here. And some of them are important. Some of them aren't, depending on the shop and, you know, how in-depth they go and, and what they're trying to reveal to the buyer based on future maintenance needs or, or whatever the case may be. So Well, sure. Be, well, and not to interrupt you, but, but you know, these, these mechanics are, are pointing out some things that, hey, you may want to consider this down the road. Right. So not necessarily something that they're even really recommending be done right now, but it's, well, we had an airplane recently that was purchased and then only oh, six months later was sold by the, by the person that purchased it previously six months ago. And, and in the original pre-buy, there was a problem with one of the mufflers, but the, but the mechanic said that is something that's going to have to be taken care of probably in the next hundred hours. And then when the aircraft was sold, the the new the mechanic that did the pre-buy found that same issue with the muffler and said, "Well, that's got to be repaired." But that was actually predicted in the right. in the previous pre-buy six months earlier because they did fly it probably a hundred hours. They flew yeah. it quite a bit in that short six months. Realizes that they needed more performance than that aircraft had brought them, but. It points out what I'm getting at is sometimes these are items that don't need to be repaired today, but the mechanic is making you, the buyer, aware of future issues. So again, the emotion aspect of this as a seller, 
you can't get super offended by that. It, it's an accurate call, and that's a good example of of how that plays out in in the real world. It's something right. you and I have dealt with. Right. Yeah, and, and don't let the emotion as a buyer get to you to where you are. Um, you're looking for that perfection, and you maybe as you're going through this process, people tend to set a an expectation up that may be a little too high on on the airplane, and it doesn't have any any uh, bearing necessarily on how the previous owner or the current owner took care of it. It just is a matter of you've got a different set of eyes looking at this. Again, it's a uh, it's a very complex piece of machinery, and take it as, hey, I'd like to get as much information on this thing as I possibly mm -hmm. can uh, because it's a learning experience for you. And, and of course, if it's not, uh, doesn't doesn't pass muster for you and you can walk away from it, then maybe that's what you should do. But uh, if you can try to be as objective about it as, as you possibly can, I think in the long run, as the buyer, it's also going to save you money. Well, Chris, I think this is a very fascinating discussion. And uh, I mean, do you have any other thoughts on uh, oh, buyer seller? You, know, <laughs> you know what they say about opinions. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I do. Uh, I do think it's something that that we can help you with as a seller or as a buyer. We will talk about this subject. We're happy to talk about this subject uh, with you. Uh, uh, give us a call at, at Wild Blue. Our office number is 816-479-2723. Look us up on the internet, www.flywildblue.com. Take a look at the uh, pictures we take, the videos we take, and the work we do, and, and then we'd like to discuss it uh, with you anytime. So we appreciate you listening and wish you a best day. Yeah, thanks, folks. Happy flying. Thanks for listening to the Wild Blue Podcast. Find us online at flywildblue.com. And don't forget to subscribe and share.